the thief comes not except to steal, kill, and destroy. I have come that you might have an enjoy life, life in abundance until it overflows. Discover how to live the abundant life in Christ through the ministry of Pastor Oseyao Afwakwa. Pastor Afwakwa is the founder and general overseer of Embassy of Life Chapel, a thriving ministry headquartered in Kumasi with a network of churches in Kumasi and Accra, Ghana. God has commissioned him to train believers through the teaching of the good news of the kingdom to know God better, live life better, and impact the world better. Get set for an empowerment that will enable you to live a life of all-round victory, success, and limitless prosperity. God bless you as you listen. Hello and welcome to Excel Today. I trust that you've had a fruitful week. It's always a joy to come your way on the weekend and share fellowship with you in God's Word. I trust that this broadcast will be a great blessing to you. I encourage you to share the link with friends and family. Let them be blessed by the ministry of God's Word. Let's pray together. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for your blessing. The entrance of your Word brings light and understanding. As your Word comes to us, let understanding come. Equip us, empower us, transform us by the power of your word, and set us on a course of all-round excellence. We honor you and we bless you. Thank you that grace is upon my lips to communicate your word with simplicity and understanding. Thank you, Father, that everyone watching now or may do so thereafter is changed and transformed by the power of your anointed word. In Jesus' precious name, amen and amen. All right, so we go back to our text, which is... uh, the underlying text for our running theme that is run to win first corinthians chapter 9 verse number 24 he said do you realize i read from the new living translation he said do you realize that in the race everyone runs but only one gets the prize so run to win run to win do you realize that in a race everyone runs but one gets the prize run to win run to win this year and the years ahead i pray that as you listen to this uh, series and then you apply yourself to it you will run and indeed win in life i started by establishing the fact that life is a race the bible says wherefore seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witness let us lay aside every sin and the weight which is set before us and let us run with patience hebrews chapter 12 verse 2 let us run with patience the race set before us there is a specific race the christian life is a race the, your goal is a race your life is a race so you have to understand that life is a race and to run the race of life and win there are laws that need to be observed there are things you need to know the bible says the labor of the foolish weary at every one of them because he does not know how to get into the city you may have a great dream but if you don't know how to get it carried out that dream will remain a daydream that's why we are going through this series to put in your hands practical keys that can help you become effective and become excellent at life many people are gifted all of us are gifted with life but many people excel at life much more than the others what are the things that separate these people from others one group of people from the other it has to do with what they know and how they apply themselves to it and that's why i'm praying that 
as we share, we go through this series, the grace of God will come upon you, that you won't just get them as head knowledge, but you apply themselves, you apply yourself to it practically in every area of your life. So life is a race, everyone runs, but not everyone wins. The Bible says, do you realize that in a race, everyone runs, but one gets a prize? What it tells you is that everyone runs, but not everyone wins. Why is it that everyone runs, but not everyone wins? It's because three things are very important. One is that if you are going to run to win, you need to know who you are running with. And then number two, you need to know what you are running after. And then number three, you need to know the laws that will determine your success as far as the race you are in is concerned. And presently, we are looking at who to run with. We've looked at run with God, and now we are looking at run with others. And the others, we are zeroing in on relationships. The need for us to connect with others in the race of life is very important. I've told you time and again since this series began that a wise man said, if you want to go fast, go alone. But if you want to go far, go with people. And I want to challenge you this year and beyond, learn to go with people. Learn to go with people. Learn to connect and go with people. Life is too difficult to want to do it alone. Life is too much of a challenge that you want to exist and excel all by yourself. Learn to run with others. So we've, we've established the priority of relationship. Last week, we began to touch on the power of relationship. How powerful is relationship? He, uh, Genesis 2, 18, the Bible said, it's not good that a man should be alone. I know contextually, he was talking about husband and wife, but it means much more than that. When man is alone in any area of his life, it is not good. The Bible said, one shall put a thousand to flight, two, ten thousand, look at it. The mathematics is just amazing. One will put ten thousand uh, to flight, two, ten thousand. That is way, way above. And Ecclesiastes said, woe unto him that is alone. How powerful is relationship? Acts chapter 4 verse 13 reveals to us the power of relationships. Acts chapter 4 verse 13, look at what the Bible says. It said the council members were astonished as they witnessed the bold courage of Peter and John. Especially when they discovered that they were just ordinary men who never had religious training. They began to understand, see the word. The effect Jesus had on them by simply spending time with him. But the effect Jesus had on them by simply spending time with them. Listen, what I'm saying is that anybody you choose to hang out with, anybody you choose to spend time with, they are impacting you positively or negatively. That is something that you need to really come to full grabs of. There is no relationship that is neutral. There is no relationship that leaves you the same. When we relate with right people, right things happen in our lives. When we relate with, relate with wrong people, wrong things begin to happen in our lives. Jesus hung with them and the Bible said he imparted them. At the time that Peter stood, they could not tell which Bible school he went to. He, everything, his past and his present could not be linked in any way. The transformation was so massive. I pray that this year you will connect with people who will challenge you and provoke you onto better and greater transformation. Will lead you into getting greater results in your life, getting greater success in your life, in every area, in Jesus' precious name. Amen and amen. So we looked at that. 
Jesus' relationship with apostles changed them. Apostle Paul's relationship with his son in the Lord, Timothy, changed him. Four ways. How does relationship work to change us? That's what we started talking about. How does relationship bring the powerful effect of transformation in our lives? How do we relate so that our lives are changed, our lives are transformed? We are seeing that, number one, relationship transform us in the area of trust. That's the first thing we talked about. And I said I'm going to use four T's to help you be able to easily remember the message. One is trust. And I said that association transforms us by demanding trust from you and building trust in you. Relationship makes you vulnerable. That's why you need to be careful who you choose to open up your life to, who you choose to bring close to you. It is important that you yourself learn to be a trustworthy person and then you also look out for reliable people so you can connect with them. We talked a lot about it last week. I encourage if you missed it, go back, watch the video and your life will be blessed. The second way relationship works on our lives to bring us transformation is that in relationship we learn and that is teaching. Relationship teaches us many things. How did Jesus transform a bunch of fishermen? Uh, a few of them were professional stars collectors here and there, but a number of them were fishermen. Now, how did Jesus work with these people as raw as they were and transform them to become world changers? That in the book of Acts, we are told that they are men who turn their world upside down. Amazing! Their transformation was massive. How did it work? It's because one, they trusted Christ and Christ also trusted them. When he was living, the ministry he came to establish, the church he came to establish, he handed it over to them. That was a, a massive revelation of trust. He handed over the gospel to them. He filled them with the Holy Ghost and he said, go ye into all the world. I trust you. Preach the gospel into every creature. Then he says, lo, I am with you always. That's an amazing level of trust. Jesus was going and he doesn't even know when he's going to come back and yet he handed over everything to them. That is a communication of great trust. Jesus trusted them and that trust, they lived up to it. I was telling my wife a couple of uh, uh, weeks ago that trust is powerful. When you make people know that you trust them, it makes it very difficult for them to even uh, easily offend and sin against you because once you trust them, they know that you are expecting better from them and so they always try to live that trust that you have reposed in them. On the other hand, when we are suspicious of people, we are always suspecting them. We always think that they are doing something bad. There is a higher propensity and proclivity that they will go in the wrong. So let's learn to trust people this year. Everybody, no one is perfect, but we must learn to trust people. That's the first thing. The second way Jesus transformed the people, the disciples around him to make them world changers through the relationship he established with them was teaching. Look at Mark chapter 4 verse 2. Mark chapter 4 verse 2. The Bible said, And he taught them many things by parables and said to them in his teaching. He taught them many things. Don't forget that word. He taught them many things. When Jesus came here, there were two principal things that characterized his life and ministry. In the book of Acts, Acts chapter 1, verse 1, uh, Luke was writing to Theophilus and he wrote and said, In my first book, I told you, Theophilus, about everything Jesus began to do and to teach. Those were the two things Jesus came to do. He came to do and he came to teach. Jesus did many things. 
By the things he did, he taught his disciples. And by the things he taught, he also taught his disciples. Jesus taught them many things. He taught them about prayer. He taught them about forgiveness. He taught them about many things. Go read Matthew 5, Matthew 6, Matthew 7, and you see the, the kind of teaching Jesus gave them. Some of them were very hard for them to be able to assimilate, but he taught it anyway. Jesus taught them many things. One of the things I want you to appreciate is that we learn through relationships. That's why you have to learn to connect with other people. You learn through relationship. When you learn to relate with other people in a small group, maybe in a cell or in, in the choir, the moment you come to relate with people, all of a sudden you begin to become exposed to yourself. There are things about yourself you don't know, you will never know until you learn to relate with people. So don't be a, a recluse. Don't think that you know yourself. You never know yourself living as a hermit. You only get to know yourself for real when you learn to connect with other people. People will provoke you. People will inspire you. People will challenge you. And then in all of that, you come to know yourself well. And then the rough edges, you learn to uh, clean them up. And then the, the polished edges too, you learn to harness them even the more. So we learn through relationship. Look at what the Bible says in the book of Proverbs. Talking about learning through relationship. Proverbs 22, verse 24 to 25. He said, make no friendship with an angry man. And with a furious man, do not go, lest you learn his ways and set a snare for your soul. The key word is make no friendship. Make no friendship. This is what the Good News Version translation gives us. He said, don't make friends with people who have hot, violent tempers. You might learn their habits. And not be able to change. That is scary. You will learn. We always learn from the people who are closest to us. You can hear all the great sermons. But if you surround yourself with alcoholics. If you surround yourself with people who have poor values in life. There is no way your life can go in a, a proper direction. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians 15.33. This is what it says. It says stop fooling yourself. Most of us think. That we can hang out with the wrong guys and come out as the right guy. It doesn't work like that. Scripture does not support that. That is only self-deception. That's why he says, don't stop fooling yourself. The only person you are deceiving, the only person you are fooling is yourself. When you think that you can hang out with wrong people and then their negative habits, their negative attitude will have no effect on your life. You lie so badly. The Bible said, do not stop fooling yourself. Evil companions would corrupt good morals and character. There are more important things we learn in life that cannot be learned in the four walls of a classroom except through relationship. Never forget that. There are more important things in life that cannot be learned in the four walls of a classroom except through relationship. So we, we relate to learn. And I said that you are either consciously learning or you are unconsciously learning from people who you are closely associated with. Anybody you are closely associated with, you are consciously learning or unconsciously learning from them. Look at 2 Kings 2 verse 11. It came to pass. As they went on and talked, that behold, there appeared a chariot of fire. How did uh, prophet Elijah learn from prophet Elijah? The Bible said they were close. They were talking. They were walking. They were talking. They were walking. They were talking. They were walking. And they, he learned. He learned. So you remember when uh, the prophet was taken away and he was returning. 
practically what the prophet did to divide the waters of Jordan is the same thing he did because he had learned from his master. The people we closely associate with, we learn. Jesus transformed his disciples by teaching them many things. You remember an incident that happened in the book of Luke, Luke chapter 9, verse 51 to 56. Now it came to pass when the time had come for them to be received that he steadfastly set his face to go to Jerusalem and send messengers before his face. And as they went, they entered the village of the Samaritans to prepare for him. Look at verse 53. But they did not receive him because his face was set for, for the journey to Jerusalem. And when his disciples James and John saw this, they said, Lord, do you want us to command fire to come down from heaven and consume them just as Elijah did? But he turned and rebuked them and said, you do not know what manner of spirit you are of. For the Son of Man did not come to destroy man's life, but to save it. You see, Jesus gave them a different paradigm. They were not following Elijah. They were following Christ. And they needed to learn of the ways of Christ. You are a New Testament believer. You are a follower of Christ. A Christian's behavior is different from that of an idol worshiper. You can't pray like an idol worshiper. You can't live your life tit for tat as though you are living under the law. No, this is a new dispensation. It's a dispensation of the love of God. It's a dispensation of the grace of God. And we need to learn from Christ. They say, should we call down fire? Just like Elijah did. Elijah was provoked. He called down fire. You have been rejected. Should we call down fire? Jesus said, that's not why I'm here. My mission is different. Elijah's mission is different. My mission is to save man's life and not to destroy it. He gave them a different paradigm. He taught them. Jesus taught them practically how to live their lives. May I ask you this morning, what are you learning from the people you are closely associated with? The people you call mentors, the people you call friends, the people you call colleagues, what are you learning from them? What positive difference are the lessons you are picking from them, whether it's in their marriage, in their finances, in their attitude to the church, in their attitude to God? What positive way is it changing your life? Or is bringing the monster in you, is bringing the worst in you? Then you need to change your mind. Then you need to make a qualitative decision today that certain people you are not going to be close with this year. This year, things are going to be different for you. In Jesus' precious name, make that quality choice. So relationship transforms us by, number one, demanding trust from us and building trust in us. Relationship transforms us by the things we learn, we are taught in relationship, formally and informally, directly and indirectly, consciously and unconsciously. And number three, relationship transforms us by shaping our thinking and our philosophy. That is the third thing we want to talk about. Relationship transforms our thinking. Look at what the Bible says in Philippians 2, 5. He said, think the same way that Jesus thought. Think the same way that Jesus thought. If you are going to be transformed, and you are going to get the best out of your relationship with Christ, you need to think. Relationship affects the way we think. Let this mind be in you, the King James says, which was in Christ Jesus. Two cannot work together except they be agreed. Relationship shapes our thinking, it shapes our worldview, it shapes our philosophy in life. Anybody we closely associate with, we embrace their values, we embrace their thinking pattern, and we begin to, if you work with an excellent person, you begin to look at things with the lens of excellence. If you work with people who are mediocre, that is exactly how you begin to see life. And never, never, never forget, true transformation after a man is saved, 
begins from the mind. True transformation after a man is saved begins from the mind. You know that by the time, the moment a person is saved, his spirit is transformed. His spirit is new, but his mind is old. And if he must live uh, uh, with the new spirit, he needs also to have a new mind. How does he get the new mind? We are taught, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ. So in the book of Romans chapter 12 and verse number 2, we are taught how to uh, develop a new mind. Romans 12 to New Living Translation say, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you, I like this, into a new person by changing the way you think. How does God transform you into a new person? I thought he has saved your spirit. Yes, God has saved your spirit. Your spirit is perfect. Your spirit is okay. But your mind is not okay. So he says, God has saved you. The transformation, the first step and the first stage of transformation has begun, which was the salvation of your spirit. Now, he says, let God transform you. Let continuous transformation take place by changing the way you think. How do you change the way you think? By embracing the thoughts of God and letting go the thoughts of man. By embracing the thoughts of God and letting go the thoughts of the world. The Bible says in the book of Isaiah 55, he said, For my thoughts are not like your thoughts, neither are my ways your ways. How do you get to embrace God's thoughts? God's thoughts are in print. God's thoughts are written out for us. So as we study his word and meditate upon it, we embrace his thought. That's how we develop. That's how we learn to think the way Christ thinks. That's how we think the way God thinks. God's thoughts are already documented to us for us in his word. David said, oh, how I love thy law. It is my meditation all day. As you meditate upon the word of God, as you think on the word of God, as you talk and communicate the word of God with yourself, it moves you from glory to glory. Your mentality changes. That is the way you walk with God. If you are going to walk with God and get the best out of it, the Bible said two cannot work together except they be agreed. How will you agree with God? By thinking the same way God thinks. Listen. You will always adopt the mindsets, philosophies, and worldviews of those you are closely associated with. You will always adopt. And these are things that uh, sometimes we want to debate as if we are different beings, we are unique beings. Let me tell you. That's what the Bible said, don't deceive yourself. Most of the time, people live in self-deception. They think they are special beings. And the practical laws of scripture does not apply to them. You are a liar. You are deceiving yourself. If you are not consciously embracing values from good people, you are unconsciously embracing negative or bad values from wrong people. You will always adopt the mindsets, philosophies, and worldviews of the people you are closely associated with. You remember Joshua and Caleb? What made them different? They said that we are well able. That was the mentality they had in life. We are well able. Anytime they were confronted with a challenge, their mindset, we are well able. We are well able. We are well able. Let's read uh, Numbers chapter 13, verse 30 to 33. Then Caleb quieted the people before Moses and said, let's go up at once and take possession for we are well able to overcome it. Do you have people in your life who have the mindset that they are well able? I know challenges are going to come our way this year. Challenges are inevitable in life. But if your approach towards the challenges of life is such that we are well able, you, you always come out as a conqueror. As a born again child of God, you are more than a conqueror. And you need to align your thoughts 
with the position that you have in Christ. The Bible says, little children, you are of God and have overcome the world. For greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. There's no talent out there that is greater than you. There's no talent out there that is stronger than you. But if your mentality is that I'm a victim, your mentality is that I'm a grasshopper, that is what your experience will be. Caleb said we are more than able to overcome it. But the Bible says, but the men who are gone up with them, verse 31, we are not able to go up against the people for they are stronger than we. That is their mentality. Caleb and Joshua had a different mentality because they were closely associated. The ten had a different mentality because they were closely associated. The people we associate with, we embrace their thinking, we embrace their worldview, we embrace their philosophy. If they have a philosophy of impossibility, if they have a cannot be done mindset, if they have a cannot be, it is too difficult mindset, that is eventually the direction our life is going to go. What kind of mindset must we have? The Bible says, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are of good report, whatsoever things are, are enviable, whatsoever things are praiseworthy, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, we ought to think on these things. 2024 and beyond, think, associate closely with possibility thinkers. Look, look out for people who are possibility thinkers. People who are Caleb and Joshua at heart. They look at the mountain and they say, yes, it's a great mountain, but God is with us and will bring it down. Stay away from grasshopper mindset people. They said we were like grasshoppers. We saw the giant, we were like grasshoppers, and so we were in their sight. This year, don't associate with grasshopper-minded people. Look for people who are well able. Paul said, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. The power of Christ will rest on you this year. You will do greater exploits. You will fulfill destiny. You will impact your generation. As you learn to surround yourself with possibility thinkers, with possibility-minded uh, uh, people, I see you breaking through and I see you achieving, running and winning in this year and beyond in Jesus' precious name. The final point I want to talk to you about, which is the fourth T, is there is always a transference that takes place when we closely associate with people. Relationship brings transformation. Association brings transformation in our lives. Through the transference that takes place, you have to understand that association will always bring transfer. When you associate with someone, something on that person will be transferred to you. Their wisdom will be transferred to you. Their values will be transferred to you. Their anointing will be transferred to you. And largely, is dependent on how you manage the relationship. That's why we will go on to look at the people we should relate with and the protocols that must govern the relationship for the transfer to take place. The transfer does not just happen. The fact that you come around me does not mean that whatever I carry, you will receive. No, there is a way you must handle the relationship. If the blessings, the positive things in the relationship will be released into your life. We saw Elijah relate with Elisha and by the time he was departing, he asked him, 2 Kings 2.15, he said, ask what you want that I will do for you. Then he said, the only thing I want is that a double portion of your spirit will come upon me. Then he said, you've asked for a half thing, but if you see me go, it shall be. And the half thing he asked for, because he had related, he had observed the protocols of that relationship, 
Elijah told him he had asked for a hard thing, but the man was rightly positioned to receive that which he had asked. And so it came upon him, there will always be a transfer. When we walk with the excellent people, an excellent spirit is transferred to us. When we walk with uh, wise people, their wisdom gets trans- transferred to us. The Bible said, he that walks with wise men shall be wise, a companion of fools shall be destroyed. When Jesus left, what was on him was transferred to his disciples. Acts chapter 2, verse 3 to 4. That's how he transformed them. The relationship was transformed their lives because there was a transfer from Christ to them. The Bible said, there appeared to them divided tongues of fire as, as of fire. And once, one sat upon each of them and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. Jesus, something from Jesus came upon them. The Holy Spirit operated in Christ exclusively while he was here. But when he left, we became his body. And then the Spirit came upon all of us. And so the Spirit of God is now living in all of us. What Jesus did, Peter could do. What Jesus did, John could do. Why? Because the Spirit, the Bible said how God anointed Jesus Christ of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and power who went about doing good and healing all them that were oppressed of the devil for God was with him. That Spirit came upon him. You remember Moses and Joshua. The Bible says Joshua was filled with the spirit of wisdom. Deuteronomy chapter 34 verse 9. Joshua was filled with the spirit of wisdom for Moses laid his hands upon him. Moses laid his hands upon him. Jesus breathed. At John chapter 20 verse 22. Jesus breathed upon his disciples and he said receive the spirit. The relationship, there was a transfer. That's why the disciples could do greater works. The Spirit came upon them. There was a transfer. Relationship will always change your life because relationship will bring a transfer. Apostle Paul and Timothy and Titus, what did he say about them? In the book of 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 12, verse 18, he said, I desire Titus, and with him I sent a brother. The Titus make a gain of you. Walk we not in the same spirit. Walk we not in the same steps. How could he do that? Because the same spirit upon Paul came upon him. I pray that this year, the relationships that you will allow in your life will be intentionally cultivated. And the relationship will bring transformation to you as you learn to trust and become trustworthy. The relationship will bring transformation to you as you learn from the relationship, as you are taught, and as you also seek to teach the people who are around you. The relationship will bring transformation to you as, number three, we learn to think the same way the people we are associated with think. And the relationship will bring transformation to us as we receive the transference of virtue, transference of value, transference of the anointing that has the capacity to make us people we could not be before. May the grace of God rest upon you. May the anointing of the Holy Ghost help you. May this year be an exceptional year for you as you learn to connect with the right people in order to fulfill your destiny in life. Relationships are working powerfully in your life for your transformation. You are blessed. Till I see you same time next week. Maximize the grace of God. You are blessed. If you want to accept Jesus and make him your Lord and Savior, you want to say this prayer after me. Mean every word and then believe it in your heart. Say, Lord Jesus, I confess that you are my Lord and my Savior. I believe with my heart that you died and rose again for me. By my belief, I am justified. And by my confession, I am saved. Thank you for saving me. In Jesus' precious name, amen.
and amen. If you pray that prayer in faith, you are a new creation. All things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. God bless you. We look forward to having you join us again and again. You are blessed. Pastor Afuakwa has just placed in your hands the key for all-round victory, success, and limitless prosperity. Share your testimonies with us on 020-422-5790 or email us at embassyoflifechapel at gmail.com. Get interactive with Pastor Afuakwa on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. For more information, visit our website at www.embassyoflife.org. Fellowship with us this and every Sunday for our service at our headquarter church from 8.30 a.m. to 11 a.m. for our good news service. And on Wednesdays for our discovery service from 6 p.m. to 8 p.m. Our church auditorium is located on the top floor of Nanama Ejakuma Plaza opposite the Unity Oil Station, Santasa Runabout, Kumasi, Ghana. Alternatively, you can join us online for our services on Embassy of Life Chapel, Facebook or YouTube pages. God richly bless you. Oh, no,